and to Jesus be all the glory and all the honor and the praise. And God's people said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. I am so excited about today's teaching. Because I want to show you from the Bible what the Bible has to say about what will we do in heaven? And what is heaven going to be like? I mean, you know, we talk about when we all get to heaven, we sing that song, what a blessed day of rejoicing that will be when we all see Jesus. Oh, we love it. The Bible has a lot to say about heaven. And heaven is our home. We are heavenly citizens. What a wonderful salvation we have. I mean, think about it. What a wonderful salvation. What a blessed Savior. What a wonderful Heavenly Father. What a wonderful, precious Jesus Savior. Oh, blessed Savior, how we love you. I mean, who can ask for more? You know, it's like incredible blessings. Today in prayer, I was just thanking the Lord for His mercy. Oh, His wonderful presence. I mean, can you imagine, sweet people, that we can actually have the presence of the Lord with us daily? Like, Jesus, the Son of God with us daily, His sweet presence more real than our own life, more real than people we know. Thank you, Lord, for your blessedness. That reality of the Holy Spirit is beyond, I think, explanation. And to Jesus be the praise. What a joy, what a joy to serve the Lord. Amen. Okay, now, I want you to go with me to Proverbs chapter 4. I want to show you something beautiful in verse 18, because I want you to prepare for that day when you will reach perfection. I'm telling you, the day will come, you will reach perfection. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for being my wonderful family. Look what it says in Proverbs four eighteen. But the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. The Bible says that when we go to heaven, that will be our perfect day. So we will reach perfection on that glorious day when our heart stops beating And our eyes open and we see the Lord for the first time. What a beautiful moment that's going to be. Wow. You know, I know more of you are still coming on, so I'm going to just wait just a few more seconds because I want you all to get this. And I know you can rewind it and see it again, all that. But in a wonderful, in Proverbs 4, 18, it says that the path we're walking on is like a shining light that shines more and more unto that perfect day. And the perfect day is the day we're going to be with the Lord. We're going to see the Lord. You know, our spirit man, our spirit man is already there. You know, when when you read First Peter, because I want you to know that your spirit man is perfect. There's no corruption in it whatsoever. And the body on that day, because departure from this tabernacle, as Paul calls it, is the day of perfection. 
So we're not to sorrow like others, you know, and be afraid of death. There's nothing to be afraid of. We look forward to that day when we will be free from this body of corruption, like Paul cried, you know. In 1 Peter 3, verse 4, it talks about our spirit man. It says that the hidden man of the heart has no corruption. So Peter writes and says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. So let people see the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible. Because, and he was talking about how, you know, a wife can win her husband by the way she lives and so on. While they behold your chaste conversation or holy living with fear, whose adorning let her not be of the outward, you know, when things that people see on the on the body or clothing or or you know jewelry. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which in the sight of God has a is of great price. So our our spirit man already has no corruption, and our spirit man is already meek and quiet. In the sight of God is of great price. Now, our bodies aren't there yet, but they will be there. Because the Bible says very, very clearly, the day is coming when we will be changed, will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye. We will be just like the Lord. You know, I want to show you something really precious first. I was going to take you to another scripture, but let me show you something really precious. Uh, in uh, in Philippians, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, for your grace. We give you praise. In Philippians 3 and verse 21, it says that God will change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. Think about that, that your body and my body will be just like the Lord. That's Philippians 3.21 who will change our vile body that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. So our body one day is going to be transformed in in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, like Paul said, we shall all be changed. And at that moment, we're going to see fulfilled what Job wrote uh, this is one of the most beautiful scriptures about this. That's Job nineteen, twenty-five. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, in that precious, that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Even though after the body dies, and worms eat the body. Yet we will be raised from the dead, and in our flesh we will see God, whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. So even though when people are buried, that everything is consumed, including their yearns, their hearts, 
like desires. That's what that word means. Though my reins, how my heart yearns, uh, the cries will be consumed. But it says here, I will see him for myself. My eyes shall behold him and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Wow. Thank you, Jesus, for this glorious promise. So you are going to have a brand new body one day. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, Paul talks about how he longs for it. And I'm going to get to quickly to what we're going to do in heaven now. But it says this. In verse, uh, this is beginning at verse 6. Therefore, we all, we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the, from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We're confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. And He, talks, you know, earlier how we all groan, like in verse 4 he says, we all groan, we are burdened that we would be free from this tabernacle and that we would receive our brand new body. And verse 5 says, now he that hath wrought us for the the self-same thing is God. So who has given us the earnest, the down payment of the Spirit, so by knowing that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we know that that promise will come to pass in our life. All right, now, here's what we're going to do in heaven, saints. I believe heaven, and this is all from the Word of God, heaven, first of all, is a place of prayer and immediate answers. Now, there will be, as the Bible tells us, there will be need in heaven what we're going to call upon the Lord. Because they did in Revelation 6. It says, And they cried, verse 10, saying, How how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? So prayer continues in heaven from what we see from this scripture. The Bible doesn't tell us a whole lot about that part here, but we see some scriptures that do say that we will have immediate answers to questions. Like here, they, they ask, they say, well, Lord, how long before you will, you will avenge those who killed us on the earth? These are the saints of the tribulation. And the answer comes right away. And it says, until your fellow servant and brethren who should be could who sh- should be killed will be fulfilled so it's amazing how quickly they got the answer and i believe heaven will be a place where we can ask god for things and he will answer he will he will give us answers for things that maybe you were asking today so that's number 1 number 2 the bible tells us something else and i know this this kind of uh, is is a question here of what this fully means if we're going to be asking the lord because it says here uh, in in First Corinthians thirteen verse twelve, it says, "Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known." Now I believe what this means is 
that I will know God as he knows me. Because in, in Revelation, what I just showed you, they're going to ask a question. You know, a lot of saints say, you know, when I get to heaven, we're going to find out, like, why this happened, why that happened, and so on. And I think God will reveal those to us. So it is a place of fellowship, a place of prayer. And that's really what I mean by prayer. It's a place of fellowship, communion with the, with the Lord. I'm looking forward to that, by the way, aren't you? But it's also where we will know the Lord as we are known. Our greatest desire is, is what? Like Paul said, that I may know him, that I may know him. This is our longing. This is why we were born into this world, to know the Lord. This is why God created us, that we might know him in fullness. We shall know as we are known. So heaven is a place of full knowledge, full knowledge of the Lord. Here we grow in knowledge. Heaven will be a place of full knowledge of the Lord. And what a blessed place of praise and glory. Hebrews also tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, and we read verse 23, a very beautiful verse. It says, we're going to come to the, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. It will be a place of such beauty and such perfection. So we are going to be at a, at a place that we've never known before uh, since we were born into this world. A place of perfection. Absolute perfection. It says that we will come to that place. I love this in Hebrews. 12.23, to the spirits of just men made perfect. And perfect in every way. Perfect like Jesus himself. So heaven is a place of fellowship. It's a place of full knowledge. It's a place of perfection. What else? Well, the Bible tells us in Hebrews, uh, sorry, in Revelation, sorry about that. Uh, in Revelation chapter 5, and we're going to look at verse 9, it says, And they sang a new song. Heaven is a place of singing new songs we've never sung on earth. Hallelujah. Isn't that glorious, Chad? We're going to sing new songs all the time. Here on earth, we sing songs that have been sung for what? Years and years. Heaven is a place of new songs. Every song we sing will be a new song. It be endless new songs coming to us unto the Lord. You know, I've always had a, a desire to write songs. I've never had the gift and the ability to write songs. All of us will be songwriters in heaven. <laughs> you know, just think about it, you know. And the songs we will sing in heaven will be way more beautiful, way more glorious than any song that has ever been written on earth. I mean, you, you think about the song, Alleluia, that we've all sung and we love it. Think about, you know, Glory to the Lamb. 
think about worthy is the lamb and the songs we all love to sing to the Lord. But these are songs that have, some of them are 20 and 30 and 50 and 100 years old, in fact, some, some of them. And some longer than that, like the old hymns. Can you imagine a place of singing every time you sing, it's a new song? Wow. So it's a place of new songs, new praise. It's a place that is so new, it stays new forever. There's nothing old in heaven. Nothing grows old in heaven. Wow. I mean, think about that, okay, with just what I said. It's a place that everything stays new forever. It's like it never happened before. Forever. Thank you, Lord. In Revelation 7, verse 15, it says something else about what we're going to do in heaven. All of those things we will do. We will have fellowship, full knowledge, perfection. We're going to sing new songs. And it says here in in Revelation 7.15, Therefore are they before the throne of God. Imagine we're going to be looking at God, at his throne. Serve him day and night in his temple. Oh, you know, there's nothing like serving the Lord. Nothing, nothing on earth can be compared with what it's like to serve the Lord here. Imagine serving him in heaven forever. That is a joy. That is a privilege. Wow. Oh, just the very thought of it makes my heart leap for joy. And there we're going to be in his presence. And it says that he that sits on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more. Neither thirst anymore. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I give you praise. And if you look at that verse 17, it's a place of feasting. We're going to have feasts in heaven. Because it says in verse 17, For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them. That word feed them in the Greek means also to shepherd them. So it's a place of feasting. It's a place of following the Lord everywhere he goes. And shall lead them unto living fountains of waters. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. So this is a place of feasting, a place of drinking, a place of such joy. It's indescribable joy. Because the Bible says, uh, no more tears, but, but I think you need to understand that in heaven, you know, on earth when people shout for joy, and I've, you know, sometimes in our crusades I would say, you know, shout unto the Lord and people would shout. But I don't think there's anything like shouts in heaven. Because it says in Revelation 19 verse 1, After these things I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. A place of incredible shouts of joy that we've never experienced on earth whatsoever. And I don't think we've ever known joy like we will know in heaven. Because, you know, the joy we have here is emotional joy that doesn't last long. 
And it is the kind of joy where people may have it for a few seconds or a few minutes, then it, it turns out. Because our bodies can't handle it. We, once you shout, I mean, how long can you, can you shout for? You can only shout for a few minutes before you have to take a deep breath again. But heaven doesn't have that. Heaven will be continual joy, unending joy, unspeakable joy, and full of glory. Now imagine what it means by glory filling our joy. So it's not just joy, it's joy with glory in it. That is something I don't think anyone has fully yet, fully, fully, I think we've had a taste of it on earth, but fully experienced something that's full of glory and that joy. And it's also a place of tremendous comfort because, you know, it says there in Revelation 7, what I just showed you, he will wipe all our tears. That's a place of amazing comfort. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. A place of love. I mean, imagine the love in that. When you wipe someone's tears, you're speaking love to them. You're speaking comfort to them. Thank you, Jesus. No more pain, no more sorrow. And and here, it's it's also a place where like, you know, here on earth, when, when, when I was a little boy, I always looked forward to go to church on Sunday morning, and then after I got saved, I enjoyed it way more because then I got saved. But imagine going to God's temple and seeing him there. Because in Revelation 15, verse 8, it says that the gates of the temple are open. It says in the temple, I'm reading Revelation 15, verse 8, the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple meaning they wanted to enter into the temple. But the glory of God was so thick, they could not get in because of the glory being so mighty in there. Imagine on earth we say, well, I couldn't get into service because, you know, there was a big crowd there. But imagine they couldn't get in because the glory of God was there. Like in the, you know, in the, in the temple in Solomon, it says they couldn't even minister to the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the house. Imagine such a place where, where God's glory is so incredible, it fills this temple continually. And we're going to be in that temple, worshiping Him throughout eternity. Wonderful Jesus, wonderful Savior. And here's something else that you may not think about. We will be trained for war and invasion of the earth. Absolutely. After after the rapture, we're we're going to go into training. I believe that the saints in in heaven now are being trained for invasion, because in Revelation nineteen verse fourteen it says it, it says this to us, and the armies which were in heaven will hold it. Armies have to be trained. You can't just join an army without training. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen white and clean. Well, to be in the army means training for invasion. We are going to come with the Lord as his army. The angels today are the ones who are the armies of heaven. The day is coming, we will be the armies of heaven also. Did you hear what I said? We will be the armies of heaven also because it says the armies which were in heaven, followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen. 
Well, fine linen belongs to the saints because we, we see that throughout the book of Revelation, how they were clothed with fine linen in heaven. The multitudes that were giving God the praise. Now, in Revelation 21, it talks about New Jerusalem coming down from God. And, but sometimes I think people miss the beauty of the city of Jerusalem, the New Jerusalem. The Bible says first, first of all, it, it has the, the, the glory of God and lit up like crystal. It has a wall so high, it goes up 1500 miles, and so wide it goes 1500 miles, and it has 12 pearly gates. Now for those gates to just look normal, they'd have to be 200 and something miles, 250 miles at least per gate. Have you ever seen a pearl that big? The biggest pearl on earth is the size of a man's fist. But heavenly gates are hundreds of miles wide in that city. And it says it had foundations. And the city, it says, lies four square, 1,500 miles in every direction. And it says that the building of the wall was full of jewelry. Not only pure gold, but jewelry. It says that the foundation of the walls had precious stones like jasper and sapphire and uh, chalcedony and emerald and so forth and so on. And diamonds and beryl and topaz. So think about this 1,500 miles of jewels. Just think about that. 1,500 miles, the wall is covered with all kinds of jewelry. Wow. That goes into space. 1,500 miles is from Florida to Maine. Think about if you were driving in your car from Florida to Maine or wherever you live for 1,500 miles and you saw a massive wall full of jewelry that shone like a crystal. That's like indescribable beauty. That's our home that goes up also 1,500 miles into space, covered with jewels, not just the foundation, but also the whole beautiful wall covered with jewels and 12 gates of pearls. Wow. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about what we're going to do in heaven. One of the things I believe that we're going to do, besides what I gave you, is we are going to be given positions of authority over the universe. I don't believe that God Almighty created just one planet like Earth. I, I think there's other planets beyond us that we don't know about that possibly are inhabited. Because, you know, I cannot see the God we serve limited to one universe or to one planet with inhabitants. Catherine Kuhlman used to say that 
Lucifer had the earth. Therefore, other archangels most likely have other worlds under their domain. True or not, I don't know. Even Billy Graham believed that. I think I believe that too, because the God that I read about in the in the Bible is limitless. There's no limit to his power, no limit to his presence. The heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain him. And everywhere Jesus went, there was miracles in creation. Where God is, there's creation. You know, they talk about the the Big Bang, that galaxies are still being created even now, that the universe is, is still expanding at the speed of light. The speed of light is like going around the earth seven times in one second. Can you imagine the universe or the galaxies are expanding now while I'm talking? At the speed of light, like going around the whole earth seven times in one second? Well, expanding into what? The God we serve is a God who is always creating always creating, always creating. And we, the saints, are going to rule with him. It says so in the Bible. Now, let me just put one more thought in your mind before I let you go. We're going to reign with him. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And I, not only do I believe that we're we're going to reign on earth, but earth will be the capital of God's creation. The earth is going to become the capital, like heaven today is the capital. Earth will be the capital of the world that God is creating now and continues to create the worlds. What a day that will be when our Jesus we will see when we look upon his face. And see the wonders of his grace. Hallelujah. Well, saints, get ready for the most amazing, glorious life. I had not seen, nor ear hath heard, nor entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them who love him. Wonderful Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your amazing promises. May each one of us, Lord, be ready for that day, and we will be blameless on that day in Jesus' holy name. And Lord, meet every need, answer every prayer, Lord, right now, whatever the prayer may be, for a physical healing or a financial blessing. Lord, bless your people, meet every need, whatever it may be. I agree with them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Just for a few seconds, don't don't leave me yet, even though I'm going over my time, but I want to just say something to you quickly. I believe God has promised us abundance even in this life. Financial abundance. The Bible says in Job 36, 36, 11, if they obey and serve him, they'll spend their days in prosperity. That's abundance. But giving, I believe, is the key to releasing that abundance on your life. Release is the key to increase. Release is the key to increase because we see it in Proverbs 11. Well, the Bible says there is that one who scatters and yet increases. And there's one who's always keeping back and he's always 
in need. So the worst thing people can do sometimes when financial trouble comes is hold back from the Lord. They stop giving to the Lord. But giving to the to the Lord releases the abundance that God has promised. So as you give today, let's pray for abundance. Jesus spoke of abundance when he said, It shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken, and running over. That's abundance. Lord, give your people abundance in Jesus' name. Not only abundant life and abundant health and abundant joy and peace, but abundant prosperity that be no more lack in their life. In Jesus' name, for you promised it in your word. We give you praise. And God's people said, Amen. All right, let's sow today for abundance. Let's believe God. Let's praise Him for abundance as we sow seed into His work. All right, you can give right now on the platform you're watching me on, or go to our website, benin.org, or simply text BHM45777. I'll see you tomorrow for a very special program. Uh, it looks like my son-in-law Michael will be with me, and possibly Jessica's will be beautiful. All right, I'll see you then. Bye-bye.